Welcome to the I Will Stand Strong podcast with authors Jason Jimenez and the Benham Brothers. I Will Stand Strong is a culturally engaging podcast that seeks to reinforce Christians to stand strong no matter the cost by sharing powerful stories and providing a biblical perspective to the big issues facing Christians today. So, whatever you're going through, the guys are here to build you up and awaken a generation to follow Jesus. And now, here's the guys. What's up, friends? Welcome to I Will Stand Strong podcast. Now, this is the first of many to come, so I am thrilled and excited about that. And I'm also excited because I'm with two good friends. You know them as the Hamster Brothers. Hamster Brothers. Come it's on, the dude. Ben Ham the Brothers. The Ben Ham Brothers. Just because like, our last name isn't Jimenez doesn't mean you could make fun dude, of us. Dude, I mean, Jimenez is just so much cooler than just Ben Ham. I don't even know where that hails from. Said you guys said it's English or something, so you guys are, yes. you guys are British, Jason doesn't you guys are know British what our people. hair. He doesn't know exactly what our heritage is. Dude, I've been JB. to London twice. How many times have you been to London? Never, never. See, look I don't have Jason's money. And oh. <laughs> I took a picture in front of a department store called Debenhams. Yeah, I heard that Debenhams. Yeah, it's a clothing store. Yeah, which you didn't buy any. No, no. But we're not. This is this podcast is not about clothes. But this how is many about department stores are called Jimenez? No, actually, let's take that back. If you go to Spain, you go to Mexico, there are many restaurants and many coffee shops that have Jimenez in them. Okay, okay? let's focus, So guys. let's just get back to Jesus, because that's what this podcast is about. But I am here with two good friends, David and Jason Benham. Perhaps you guys know them. I wish I didn't, but they're here with me, and we're excited <laughs> because, actually, guys, if you think about it, for the last few years, we've known each other for several years. Yep. And one of the things that we have been noticing out there, speaking in churches and conferences around the country, speaking to parents and pastors and politicians, is really this effort to help Christians embolden them, if mm -hmm. you will, to stand strong. Because mm -hmm. one thing we're finding, which is very sad, and we're raising, David, you have five kids. I know you'll talk a lot about them. Uh, I have four. Jason, you have four as well. So together, what is that? Do you know math? What is that, Jason? Uh, four, I was four plus four. So. Thirteen. Did you say fourteen? Thirteen. He said thirteen. Oh, thirteen. So that is correct. So between the three of us, there's thirteen kids. My kids are way better than your guys's, but that's thirteen children. So you think about all the people listening that we're raising the next generation. Yeah. So young people right now that are listening to podcasts, we love podcasts. We know the young generation loves podcasts. We are making this "I Will Stand Strong" podcast for you because we want you to declare whatever circumstance or situation, whatever stage of life you're in, to stand strong. That's right. Not, not in and of yourself. We'll talk about that today, but in the Lord and what that looks like. So for the last few years, we've been hearing these stories, talking, and we've been praying yeah. for quite some time. We've been praying, saying, Lord, what would it look like if the three of us joined together with your guys' background and entrepreneurship and building business and your work ethic and how you guys have been fighting, you know, for religious freedom out there in the public square? And, you know, we have a podcast out there that talks about your guys' story and a book, whatever the cost. But also me as a pastor and a Christian apologist who's out there defending the faith and college campuses and helping equip the next generation and moms and dads on how to stand strong. We figured, hey, you know what? Let's join forces and let's figure out a way to reach this next generation. And so yeah. here we are. I yeah. will stand strong. Satan is declaring war on our kids. I don't think there's yeah. a parent alive that would say that they can't, a Christian parent alive that would say that that's not the case. So mm. 
What we want to do is really equip and embolden the next generation and, and to be able to help moms and dads to equip and inspire and you know, empower the, their kids to, to stand strong in this culture. Because I'm telling you, people are leaving the faith like right and left. And honestly, we, we've prayed over this and fasted over yeah. this and, and studied. We, we have some solutions and some, you know, some answers as to why this is happening. We believe it comes directly from the Lord, and we want to help share that with you guys. So I'm telling you, this this isn't just another podcast. This is something I really think yeah. is going to be able to I mean, help. And before people. David, you shared, but I think for people to understand, this is this is peeking into our lives and the challenges that we'll face, you know, and that we do face. Not just about a book, you know, that we've written or something or an article or a video, but really just having a conversation. I mean, we're really we're yeah. doing this in one of your living rooms. Yeah, right. That's right, my but, living room. But don't you forget, know, just, it's one it's one step further. So we're gonna have a conversation. But we've also got our website where we're yeah. gonna ask young kids to sign the pledge, and we probably will ask moms and dads too. Sign the pledge that says, "I will stand strong when the culture changes. I won't change. I'll stand strong for my faith. Period. I will actually put my name on the line. That's why that I, if you see our logo mm-hmm. right there, I don't know if they can see around. They your can big see. Dome. Well, I mean, you know, my big nose, my big Mexican nose. You know, but that I right there is written. It's not uh-huh. just font. It's like you got to put your name there. Yeah. And uh, and so we're asking people. Well, we want to thank Josh Wood, who's filming this right now, for being so creative. Isn't he so creative? Big let's, let's, let's yeah, give a clap yeah. for Big Josh. Jay Wood. Well, we live in a moment. We, you know. we live in a moment in history that's unique to us. Now, it's not unique to the body of Christ throughout mm-hmm. history because we absolutely know that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not a political struggle. It's not uh, an entertainment struggle or a business struggle or whatever sphere of mm-hmm. culture you, you find yourself in. Uh, the spiritual battle simply manifests itself across the spheres of culture, but it's a struggle between good and evil, truth and lies, light and darkness. And the Scripture is very clear in 2 Timothy 3.12, mm-hmm. all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Even Christ in his own words in the book of John says, look, if they persecuted me and they persecuted the prophets before you, they will persecute you. Mm-hmm. We never in America have really struggled with persecution. I mean, the real persecution we're seeing overseas and we're seeing in other areas where people are losing their lives, their livelihood, their families are being ripped apart. We don't experience that here in America. We see more prosecution. Or, or yeah, pressure. Or pressure. You, you know, You're and, wrong, Jimenez. And so it's what what's... <laughs> Well, it's up to us in this moment to stand strong, Mm -hmm. not to stand strong to prove our point, but to stand strong to win a person. Because we're the spheres of culture where we find ourselves, whether you're a school, whether you're an athlete or an entertainer, or whether you're an entrepreneur, or whether you're a stay-at-home mom, or whether you have a desire to be a janitor or to flip houses or whatever, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Uh, just even as a third-grade kid walking through the public school system, there's a pull in this culture today, for the first time in American history, a very strong pull that's become popular in culture to not only marginalize Christian values, but to demonize them. Mm -hmm. To say, if you believe in moral boundaries, well, then you're a bigot, you're a hater, and all these other things, and nothing could be further from the truth. And so what we're finding now, statistically speaking, is that anxiety amongst the younger generation is at an all-time high. Depression is at an all-time high. Pop up some of those statistics on there. I mean, suicide is what is is the leading killer of our youth. 
And these aren't my statistics. These are statistics that many secular organizations are, are aggregating, and, and we're finding, okay, how can we step in and let these kids understand their identity in Christ? So our, our target is to those who have placed their faith in Christ. Now we want to help you stand strong. Our target mm-hmm. is to those that are going into the public school system or into the private schools or into college or outside of college, now into the workforce. We're in our mid-40s mm-hmm. now. I've got a I've got kids in college, I have kids in elementary school, I have kids in junior high and in high school. We're walking through these moments on social media. And I've, even worse, we have kids with iPhones. Yeah. But <laughs> but we're walking through these things. We're we're walking through like what are our entertainment choices? Okay, well now there are kids that are vaping and dad what well, is that right or wrong? There are ki- there all this gambling now. The, N- Nevada just legalized gambling. The NFL now is allowing you to gamble on games and my my boy comes to me and says, Dad, a bunch of my buddies want to gamble on a game. Should I do that? We're going to walk through all of these things. In addition to that, we're also going to walk through what's happening now with the gender revolution. Uh, the New York Magazine put out a mag- an, an article that says, we don't call them babies, we call them babies, because we don't want to stere- gender stereotype a child mm-hmm. when they're born saying, hey, it's a boy or it's a girl. That's bigoted. That's stereotypical. That's following the patriarchy. And we're going to get into all of that stuff that gets so confusing. And, and see, the reason why we're going to get into that is not so that we can pu- push some political agenda or anything like that, but because Christianity isn't just a means of salvation for your soul. It's an entire life system that has an answer for everything, including governments, including national policy, including how you work, including how you handle your own hygiene, how you live including with your spouse, everything. That's well, right. if That's it talks about hygiene, then why do you smell the way you do, JB? Dude, I smell amazing. You know, he's far he's enough away from us yeah, where he doesn't Let's move him a little amazing. bit further away. But, okay, so that's all well and good. So as you're listening and you're watching this podcast and you're saying, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm raising kids just like you guys are. We're having these same questions about what they're watching, what kind of games they would like to play or they have been playing. I mean, well, I'm a kid and I'm doing these well, things. Well, so I would just say one right thing. What them. I've been noticing for quite some time, I'm sure you guys, is when you take your family out to, to eat or you're at a, at, a, at a sporting event and your kids are playing and how many parents, matter of fact, this past Saturday, I'm watching my kids play soccer and I got a father, he's sitting right next to me. He's on his phone playing a video game. Oh boy. And occasionally he'll lift up and he'll say something to his kid. I'm thinking, it's not just these kids. Yeah. And it's sort of, and I got another family sitting next to us and they have a device, you know, they're watching something on Netflix for their little four-year-old. Can I just, you know, and just, I'm just saying, so it's just. But then all, don't forget just, the other side where you got the dad who's screaming bloody well, murder. And then, yeah, the and then there was teens. the next game like that with one of my teens. But so look at, we're facing, we all face this kind of things. So as you're watching, you're listening, you're thinking, okay, I get it, you guys. I am struggling with these things, having these conversations. And the thing that we want to point out, just as we're going to be unpacking this whole thing about I will stand strong, is what does that look like in your phase of life, where you're at? We know that there's a lot of brokenness. Yes. We, with the three things that you guys promise facing young people that we want to continue to emphasize and talk about. Again, we're not about stats where we don't just, it's like a gloom and doom. Yeah. Because the whole point of I will stand strong is no matter how bad it is, no matter how many issues you're faced with right now, in the power of the Lord's might, That's Ephesians right. 6.10, we can stand strong. So I'm going to give a verse and then just explore a little of these issues that are faced with the family issues, school shootings, right? Yeah. And, they, and, and, and the, the stress and anxiety, we just came out of another uh, incident. Uh, it was very unfortunate, a college student who grew up in the church, who was serving, who's actually seeing a Christian counselor for several years and was on a form of meds 
because she needed it. There was a, there was a, there was a definite mental disorder that she was uh, trying to overcome in her life. Uh, recently just committed suicide at mm. the age of 22 years old. And it just mm. has devastated, yeah. not just not, not her parents as, as we can't imagine, but the church as a whole. And the question that keeps coming out of this is, what happened? What, how can someone who loved God, who was serving, who a lot of young people looked up to, do what she just did? Yeah. Okay, and, and that's that. That's yeah. life. And so we'll touch on those kind of things. But let's remind you guys, our listeners, in First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse thirteen. This is the whole movement where it bases from. Yep. The whole thing of I will stand strong comes from First Corinthians chapter sixteen. Listen to these words from Paul as he's ending the letter to the Corinthian church. He says this: Be watchful. Stand strong in the faith, act like men, act like women, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Yeah. And so that's the basis of this this movement. And so as JB mentioned earlier, if if this is our first episode, so this is new to uh, our listenership, but we want this to grow. So we want you guys to get active. This isn't just about our story. This is about our stories collectively in the body of Christ. We have a specific website that you can go to, IWillStandStrong.org. We have a pledge there that uh, shows three key things, how you can love God and his word, how you can live in community, and how you could be a voice of truth in, in the sphere of influence that you live in. So we want you guys to actively participate. And so there's going to be a lot more material to come. But right now, as we're getting this podcast out or you're watching, listening, we want you guys to go out there and share it. But we want you guys to take this pledge. We want you guys to be part of this movement that God has called us to to be a part of. We're investing our own personal money. Yeah. We're investing our time, our energy, because we believe that God has a calling for this next generation. So moms, dads listening, grand, grandma and grandpas, aunts, uncles, friends, neighbors, if you are just getting inundated with stuff that is being posted out there, fake news, right? Yep. The president likes to say fake news, all the, all the fake news, <laughs> but all the stuff that's being, that's, that's hitting hard, we could become so discouraged, right? You guys to yeah. where we just take, we become a bystander or we take a yeah, seat right. or we, we don't jump in because we think that the enemy's winning, but we're here to tell you guys, yeah, there's battles out there. And he's, right. and he's, and he's gaining ground in some areas, but we can regain it. And so we are all about reinforcing Christians to stand strong, no matter the cost. And the good news is that we don't fight for victory. We fight from it. From Christ it. has right. already won the victory at the cross. The message of the gospel is the same today that it was 2000 years ago in Acts 319. Therefore, repent and return that your sins may be wiped away, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It's all about times of refreshing, and unfortunately, the cultural narrative now has been bent toward Christian values and people of faith and the Bible. It's not about refreshing, it's about con uh, restraining people and keeping you down and legalism and all these things, and nothing could be further from the truth, because mm -hmm. we serve a risen Savior whose mm -hmm. name is Jesus. He's in our hearts, He's saved us from our sins, and now we have a new identity in Jesus Christ. And, and what we're ultimately seeing is an identity struggle. It's an identity issue. Yeah, it is. We're identifying with our sin. We're identifying with the culture. We're trying to identify with, okay, so we get on Instagram. And I've even seen this in my own kids. Uh, my one child, and I won't say a boy or a girl, was really down. And I'm like, why? What's going on? Well, I posted a picture and only just a few people liked it. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. Let's not identify. <laughs> First of all, kids, if you're listening, we don't identify with our social media status. We don't identify with how many views or how many likes. That's pretty stressful. I can't imagine if I was a 16-year-old or a 14-year-old, what kind of insecurities that would they would build in me. But I pushed them right back to, hey, do you know Jesus? 
Do you remember the day that you prayed and asked Jesus in your heart, yes, sir? Do you remember when we baptized you? And you remember the commitment that you made? Yeah. Yes, sir. I said, man, do you realize what you get? We have heaven. We have eternal life. But not only that, now God doesn't just have a plan for you. He's got a purpose for your life. Mm-hmm. He's writing your story into his story. Yeah. And you can occupy this earth. And, and so I began to go into what is it that you really like to do? What are the passions that you have? And how can we now take those and use them for God's glory? Now, I don't get to, you know, I don't get to talk to all kinds of kids like this, but it's the same for every single one of the kids that are out there in America. And for all of us, is that we have to, first of all, understand we serve a risen Savior whose name is Jesus Christ. He's already conquered sin, mm-hmm. Satan, and death. He's already conquered it. And and but he's going to return. And when he returns, he wants to find us faithful. He wants to find us standing strong because with that reality, there's also a counter-reality. Satan is alive. Well, and that's the thing. I think one, one of the things, and I'll turn to you, JB, is that eternal perspective that, that uh, David was talking about is helping you, the listener, the watcher, to stand strong by having an eternal perspective. But let's look at some of these statistics. So David's given an example of conversations that I'm sure many people have with their kids on a daily basis. But one in five teens consider suicide. That's a, mm. that's a reality that we're faced Gosh. with today. We have 75% have sex before marriage. So here you have a lot of kids that are being raised in the church. And I was a student pastor, college pastor, children's pastor for well over 16 years. And I would see a lot of my students and have a lot of conversations with them personally as a group, yeah. as well as with school educators, principals, other student pastors, family pastors, and parents. And we talk about premarital sex, how rampant it is out there. Yeah. 30 plus million, if you think about it, are substance abusers. Man, that's yeah. that's millennials who are now in their early 30s, and this is Gen Zers, which many of our children are, that were that that came after 9-11. So in their teen years, you're having a lot of them are getting access. We talk about and the heroin epidemic. Yeah, well, we talk about the access that they have, a click of a button. Well, the access they have now by just opening up mom or dad's, you know, cabinet and they can pull out certain things and mix it. And that's happening a lot with 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 students. And, and you, you see a lot of people believe, well, that's just inner city issues. No way, man. This is no, suburban, no, no. straight up suburban American issues that are it's even more pervasive there than it is in our inner cities. And I want to say one thing real quick about the statistic we have. Seventy five percent have sex before marriage. Just the, and we're going to get into all of this over the next 12 podcasts or 24 and all these other things that we're going to be doing. But I, I remember being on Megyn Kelly on Fox News, and she asked a question um, about sex. And I said, listen, let me just say this real quick. When you, and I used a metaphor of a fireplace. I said, if you look at a fire inside of a fireplace, it's warm. Mm-hmm. It heats your home. Mm-hmm. It's romantic. I mean, it can heat your food. But I said, the, and the minute that one of those logs spills out onto the carpet, what immediately happens to that fire? That same fire that does all the good things will now burn the house down. And I said, sex is a gift of God. It belongs in the proper context. And in the proper context of marriage between a man and a woman, it is wonderful. It's life-giving. It's relationship-building. It's intimacy that produces life. Well, um, when that gets outside of that beautiful context, it burns everything down and it brings nothing but hurt and pain. So when yeah. we talk about these things, we're not talking about don't have sex before marriage. No, we're talking about it from the from the angle of 
it's beautiful in the right context well, outside that, of that I, context I, I think it'll that's, hurt you. that's the thing that we want to encourage people to continue to listen to these 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 uh, episodes that are coming out we want to touch on things that we believe and i was a part of the church world for many years as a pastor and just thinking about like you said the affluency when i was a part of a big mega church we had a lot of issues with attempted suicide we had a lot of issues of substance abusers we had a lot of issues with kids who are having sex outside of of, of, of marriage, obviously, when they're young. And not only that, but the, the, the increase of same-sex attraction, what that's been looking like. And, and we need to be present, but we that's want right. people to understand that as we talk about these things, that there is a standard, right? That, that God, who is a God of love, who is a God of truth, has put forth a standard, right, JB? And so when we see that nearly 70% now of young people are leaving the church, this whole new generation yeah. of Gen, Gen yeah. Zers, the Generation Z, get this— well over 70%. You're talking about three quarters of about 40 plus million in that bunch mm-hmm. who believe in God, who maybe say, yeah, the, the Bible's a good moral book and I'm, I'm not like going to refute it or anything like that. I don't spend much time in it, but they don't attend church and they don't really know where they side with Jesus if he really is a son of God. How do we, in this culture that we're living, when we look at these stats, one in five teens consider suicide, 75% have sex before marriage, 30 plus million are, are substance abusers to, to some extent, whatever that looks like. And then well over 70% of young people today are not being raised in the church, if you will. And they're not being discipled. They're not learning what their spiritual gifts are. As a father and a Christian who's standing strong, what do you say to our listeners? Well, I would say, this is Jason, by the way. I haven't got a chance to talk because David kept talking That's and didn't right. give me an opportunity. Well, I, I, I no people say it. You're not watching this yet. It's very confusing because when I refer to JB and then DB starts talking, I'm uh, like, yeah. uh, they don't know. Jason's like a deer in headlights. Know. He doesn't even know what he doesn't even know what he's about to no, say right I'm, now. I'm used to mopping up what he's messing up. Yeah, okay. I can okay. see. I can see moving forward. I'm going to be like this, the referee guy. You know. Well, I would say balance. this: that first, we we have to define what love is. That love is compassion with standards. That to, to truly love someone, you've got to feel compassion for that person. But if you're not willing to abide by certain standards, like in my relationship with my wife, I feel compassion for her. But if I'm not willing to abide by the standards of marriage, mm-hmm. and I decide that I want to start dating other women, but I want to you know stay married to her because I feel compassionate, well, then that's not real love. What we've done today in the church, by and large, is we seem to have not want... We, we've kind of shy away from talking about the standards, and we just want to talk about the compassion. Because Let's those go, come across as, quote intolerant or yeah. quote bigoted yeah which is so let's just talk about digging wells for people let's talk about making them better people let's talk about these things but no, let's not talk about certain standards and uh and and but that's not real love but the re- reverse is true as well it's not just all standards without any compassion at all you know and so when you talk about love which, which is compassion with standards then you come to the god of the bible who loves us so much that he would give us boundaries and these boundaries were created so that we could experience blessings. And if we remove the boundaries, boundaries like life begins at conception. You can't terminate a life you know, in the womb. Otherwise, God looks at that as murder, and there's a lot of people complicit in that. We always say abortion is a man's issue, ultimately is a man's issue. And so uh, the, the, the other standard that um, marriage is between a man and a woman. That's a standard. The other standard that that Paul talks about, that within the body of Christ, there's no male nor female. It's like men aren't better than women. There's no slave nor free. You know, there's no Jew nor Gentile. You know, that there's no white or black. We're all the same. We're all brothers. There's the, the standard of equality that's set 
set in order there in the Scripture. So when we're talking about this, God gives us these boundaries, and we, as we stay inside these boundaries, we'll get God's blessings. But if we remove the boundaries, then those blessings are replaced with burdens. And because hence all of the statistics we just talked about with the suicide and ep- epidemic and anxiety and depression, it's astounding the rise right. in the next generation because so, we've removed those boundaries. So those when you go right back to looking at um, 75% of teens having sex before marriage, I was just talking to a young man in his early 20s, and he said that um, I started dating, he was a Christian, and he said I started dating a non-Christian, and I already told him that I explained to him the dangers of that, and, and he said the one thing she's having a hard time with and she might even give her heart to the Lord. Maybe, I don't know. But one thing she's really having a hard time with, she can't understand, is why can't, as a Christian, you have sex before marriage? And I said, because God gave us a boundary so that we would be blessed in our sexuality. And I said, I'll give you an example. Just the other day, I was stopped at a gas station to use the bathroom. I went to use the bathroom, and what's on the wall? You know, a condom dispenser. And you know what's written on every one of those condom dispensers that I've ever seen in a public bathroom? It says, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, it talks about, these condoms do not prevent AIDS. The best way to prevent AIDS is abstinence before marriage and monogamy in marriage. It says that on every one of those dispensers. And go look at the back of a condom box. It says the same thing. What they're saying is, the God of the Bible knows what's best for you. That's right. However, if you can't contain yourself and you. you've got no self-control, go ahead and let it loose. Slip slip one of these puppies on, and it might help. <laughs> did did, whoa, you, dude, whoa. did right, you have to listen, say... Listen, I have to step in here. Sorry. We're so at the end of this podcast today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Keep standing strong despite JB and his foolishness. My apologies to all but of our see, listeners. See, we, we have Jesus Christ That's right. That's the lived a spotless life. Jesus Christ died. He was buried. He mm-hmm. rose, rose again, and now he abides in us and gives us from the inside out the boundaries. In other words, he says in Scripture, in Galatians, in Galatians 5, he talks mm-hmm. all about the what, what happens with the fruit of the flesh, we see all that lust, perversion, you know, idolatry, fornication, all of these things. But then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and the very first one is love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And then it says, against such there is no law. In other words, I don't need a, quote, moral boundary to guide me because now it's on the inside of me. I don't forsake the moral boundaries on the outside. I don't forsake laws and standards on the outside. But now those are on the inside. Christianity is the only religion in the world that changes someone from the inside out. All other religions, it's outside in. And that's why we are called by God to stand strong for that message. And that's why we want you to know, friends, that it's about a standard. We have boundaries because of a standard, and that's why we use the keyword reinforce. We want to reinforce those biblical standards in all of our lives, whether it be in your marriage, your personal walk with Christ, in your family in your involvement in the church. These are issues we're going to be talking about. So we encourage you guys, first and foremost, thank you so much for listening. Continue to share this movement of I Will Stand Strong. We pray that you're standing strong. We have a website that we encourage you guys to go to, IWillStandStrong.org. If you have not participated yet in taking that pledge, we encourage that you do that. And share it on social media. We're going to have a lot more material that we're going to be making available for you guys. About everything. About everything that we're we're talking about. 
about. So, man, if you're in, plugged into a church, if you're a Christian leader and you're involved in the church, you're a pastor, we want you to be sharing these episodes. Either it's video, audio, we're going to be having downloadable stuff, but we're going to be talking about issues that we as Christians need to be talking about, not just systematically, but in a spiritual sense of ultimately it's about God. And that's what we want to put the focus back on because we cannot strong, stand strong without him. So I want to thank my dear brothers, David and Jason Benham, for just their key insight, I guess I should say. That's <laughs> the only compliment. Us, yeah, I'm Thanks, that's man. the only compliment going to happen. You know, we're going to hug it out hug. afterwards, you guys. So, But we love you guys. And until uh, the next episode, keep standing strong. Thanks for listening to the I Will Stand Strong podcast. We hope you've been strengthened and given more courage to make a difference for God. The guys appreciate your support and would love to hear from you. Just go to IWillStandStrong.org and drop them a note. And while you're there, make sure to take the I Will Stand Strong pledge and join thousands of others, just like you, who are boldly declaring, I will stand strong by loving God and His Word, living in community with a heart of service, and leading as a voice of truth wherever I go. Until next time, Keep standing strong.